0: What's going on, good people? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you listen to this podcast, it's me, the BRE Chef Dave Cuisine, coming at you with the Recipe Menu Monday on Intentional Talk Radio Network. Be sure to listen to all the great podcasters of this station, including mine, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, or you can listen live right now at itrnradio.com. We usually always have something planned. 24 hours a day, there's some incredible shows that come on, on this station, and you definitely want to tune into those and get a great perspective of, uh, we've got doctors on this show, we've had all kind of different, you know, uh, celebrities. I mean, I got a chance to meet Dan, Danny Glover one time, I thought that was pretty cool. So there's, there's a, a, a huge market for this particular station, ITRA radio.com I mean sounds of blackness comes on almost like every Christmas I just think it's awesome and in addition to that there's a text message number 682-710-1101 if you want to send a message when you're listening to this podcast say you're not listening to it live and you listen to it recorded not a problem at all you can still send a text to that message make sure you reference what show you're listening to and uh, we'll be able to respond address it on the next show if it's something pertinent you know maybe we'll shoot you an email You may even get a direct DM from myself. You never know. You just never know. So make sure that you um, tune in. Shows every Monday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Tell your family, tell your friends, and be sure to share with everyone. All right? All right, let's hop into today's show. Keanu, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm doing good in these in these parts, uh, just you know kind of in enjoying the heat that we're having, but also kind of wondering what is it about. I'm here in Southern California, and we had some humidity that is unusual, very unusual. So you know i'm I'm just looking around taking care of my my plants and loving loving them deeply. Um, But yeah, I'm curious about what's happening out here in these streets. What's what's going on with the this weather? You know,
0: I, I don't know what's going on with this weather. It's it's uh it, it is its own you know process. That's all there I say. You Indeed. know, God has d- decided to mix it up for us and get us to thinking about some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we evaluating how we take our vacations, where we drive. You if, know, stay in we the drive,
1: house. I'm here for it. Yep. I'm here for the right,
0: and you know what? If you're in Southern Cali if you're in Southern California, humidity is like rain to you guys, isn't
1: it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get more rain than we do humidity. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a bit of a doozy because uh, I went walking the other day just at the Rose Bowl, and I found myself that's a walk that I can do with my eyes closed and barely, you know, barely ha- come come to a huff. But and that's I, I forget how many miles that is, but. Um, Halfway around, I was just like, good Lord, it is hot. And I'm a sun person. I was born from the sun and the trees. So for me, you know, most heat is quite all right. I can be in Palm Springs at 120 degrees and tolerate it. But that humidity for some reason, and it's not like Hawaii humidity. It's not that tropical humidity. It's that humidity that you feel when you open the oven door in the middle of a baking cycle. That dry, right. hot, dense air that doesn't—it's not moist air. It's just dense. You know, you could—the clouds look different. The clouds look hazier. You know, it, it's just—it's weird. So I was used to seeing that when I lived in Texas. I got used to seeing that and feeling that, and that Houston humidity—that—that's nothing to fool with. Um, but <laughs> oh,
0: Lord. yeah, I, yeah, I lived in Houston for eight years. I feel that, yeah. that was a uh, that was a that was a two to three day. Sh- uh, a shower regiment when oh, I lived in Houston. God,
1: I met my match when I found that Houston. No, actually, yeah, Houston was probably my limit when it comes to that kind of humidity. But then I went to Louisiana, mm-hmm. and I, that I, I I've never felt an assault from the weather before. <laughs> that humidity was yeah. something that I felt like I was drowning in air. It was just like, like the air was like oatmeal. It was, I didn't know what to do with myself. I wouldn't, I couldn't stop perspiring. There was no relief under, in the trees. You couldn't, there was no relief from it. I was, I felt better in water. It was just weird, but you know, (laughs) but you know, there's different kinds, different kinds of weather everywhere. You know, I've been to some extreme, I've been to 12 below zero, you know, dealt with it, uh, it was fine. I've, you know, it's a doozy. Um, it's probably the cold equivalent of that Louisiana heat, that Louisiana humidity, but you know, I work with it. Got to get on that. Yeah. I mean, though. you know,
0: you, we, we adapt, right?
1: We adapt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah.
0: you know, it's, it's like now here in Texas, you know, I, I it, it's literally, I'm sitting here at the, at the computer on the podcast and my, you know, I have the temperature and everything in the weather. And pop up as soon as we we're talking about this. Straight heat advisory pops up on the bottom.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Good old Texas. We're supposed to get up to uh, one hundred and six.
1: It says wow. heat
0: warning. Most of the time, it says heat advisory. Right, right? like be be cautious of the hundred degrees. But 106 is a heat warning. So basically, they tell you to stay, yo, whatever color you are in the house today. <laughs> right. And and, and and love on your spouse and your children and mm-hmm. the four corners and walls that you have in your house. Yeah. And hope that your AC keep up. Right. I mean. <laughs> that part. It, it's wild.
1: Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's, you know, it's wild. It's wild. And, you know, sometimes I just wonder you know i'm a i'm a spiritual man to believe in a higher power that's controlling the things that we can't control mm-hmm. you know like these 4000 year old trees right oh, and man. i've always known you know god to be the greatest comedian like uh-huh. i know most people look at god as you know sovereign and you know he's up on high he's the most high and they think about you know from from my christian beliefs out there you know when they look at him in the old testament uh, you know he was held brimstone. You know you think about Sodom and Gomorrah, right. and people turn into salt because they look behind themselves. Right, and you had to kill cats for for uh, a repentance, and and it, it, it's changed a lot. And I think it's, it, it he he sends mixed up weather like this
1: mm-hmm.
0: just as his personal entertainment. I mean, I think he gets the, an opportunity to look down and actually laugh because they say God encompasses everything, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So most of the time, people don't like to think of the evil side or the negative nature of God, right? And they don't think of God as the comedy side. They think of the the doting father that right. is sitting there telling you, "No, son. Yes, daughter. Yes, no. You can't have that right. now." You know, when you when kids are in infancy, right? Right. Well, I was the guy that. You know he he gave us all the emotions that he has yeah. right and in in him giving his 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 entire spirit into our flesh means because of you know because of the the what 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 happened to transpired in the garden we we experience life and death, which mm-hmm. he understands fully mm-hmm. so I always feel that sometimes when you have these anomalies that happen, you know, and not the, not the catastrophes that happen, you know, some of it has to do with us polluting the world oh, and, yeah. and our, you know, gases and everything else. I mean, we, man, man, man does have some responsibility in some of the changes, Huge, but I think things that have come, you know, things that come extreme, like 15 minutes worth of rain in the middle of a hundred degree day right? This guy just being funny because, you know, we'll all be outside because this happened a few days ago. We'll all be outside and, you know, it's 100 degrees. You might be working out or walking or, you know, what whatever you're doing and you don't see a cloud in the sky. You won't see nothing. It's blue sky. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a great day. You're in the middle of your walk, torrential downpour right.
1: in the middle of the <laughs> summer. And then it
0: lasts. And by the time you run back home, it stopped raining that literally happened to me about a week ago went outside i was sitting in my backyard about to finish my workout and it started raining and i was like where did this come from yeah. he said well you know meteorologists are guessing like everybody else right
1: yeah and so
0: uh so i stepped back in the house literally went in the house i think i went and got me a towel or something like that i probably was in the house maybe five maybe ten minutes and i come back outside And the rain is completely gone. And it's so hot that it almost didn't look like it rained. It looked more like my sprinklers had been on on my grass, on the concrete. That was about it.
1: That is wild. Yeah.
0: Yes. And I was like, God, but it was 102 that day. You know? And it was like, I was like, this is crazy. In the middle of the day, it just flat out rain. I still don't remember seeing the clouds. You know, I don't know, I don't know, uh, how you grew up in, 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 Southern California, but I know in the South, it used to, used to be a thing to say, used to say the devil was beating his wife, right? Oh. They always had to take it oh negative when God. it, when it rained, when the sun was out. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little too southern, you know, a little too hood, <laughs> but that's what we were told. You know, oh, that's the devil beating his wife. And then we'd be like, Good he's Lord. married, you know, and <laughs> there's a Mrs. Satan, <laughs> right? There's a Mrs. Satan in there. There, there is Lucifer. She, she's she got that same last name. She is Mrs. Morningstar.
1: Like, like really? Know? This she, is what we doing? Did she know going in? Nobody told her?
0: I mean, yeah, uh-uh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh did God strike her down too? Was she one of the third fallen? Or did she come later because she was so bad? <laughs> did right? she come out his
1: rib too? Like, what are we really but, working with?
0: Right? <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows, right? But, you know, this weather is just, um it's just the, just a reminder how remarkable, you know, of a God that we have. I right? think
1: also, too, I mean, it, yeah, with all of the, the unusual weather mm-hmm. patterns that we're having all over the whole planet, by the way, um, I think it's going to sit a lot of right. people down. Sit down and mm-hmm. understand that you are not the big dog that you're mm-hmm. walking around this thing pretending to be. And that there are some forces that will sit you down for you if you can't sit yourself down. So I'm here for it. Because, yes, humanity needs to take a rest from basically self-destruction and also destroying everything else around us subsequently. So, I, I mean, just the other, or I want to say two weeks ago, um, we have seasonal bears here. I'm in the mountains in California, and we have, you know, bears that come down during, the se- during certain seasons. Um, but at night, mm-hmm. 2 o'clock in the afternoon, okay. 2, 3 in the afternoon, there's a bear running down the street in the afternoon hot these bears don't come out broad daylight full fur that's not how they that's not how they operate we have coyotes out now broad daylight there is a disturbance in the force and these these animals are are having to operate outside of their nature to accommodate and I know for a fact that what has happened is since there have been a lot of um, a lot of disturbances in the mountains, a lot of fires in some of the mountains um, here in California. And you know practically the whole state has been on fire at some point. Um, that has caused that's destroyed a lot of the, the natural habitats for for a lot of these animals. And so they're having to they're having to move when they would normally hibernate. That throws off their whole balance. They're having to find food where they don't don't normally find food or eating things that aren't normally a part of their diet because that's all they have access to. And, you know, it's just when you throw off one thing in perfection, you throw off everything in perfection. So, you know, it's to see that it kind of hurt my heart, actually, to see that bear running around. It, It went through. It came into my yard, went into the backyard, went down the slope. And out the side and started running down uh, one of the main streets out here, but it just kind of hurt my feelings a little bit because it was hot for us outside at the, at two to three in the afternoon, and that bear is fully furred, and I'm and you're run, hauling it down the street trying to look for food. I'm like, you got to be something serious has happened, and um, you know, I I, I I I'm with the shaking, uh, you know shaking the tides. I'm, I'm with the, you know, settling things down. Something's gotta, something's gotta give. We can't keep going at this trajectory and still expect for life to just keep continuing on. And I think that's the, those are the blinders that a lot of people have where you can just keep doing and, and, you know, and, and, just keep doing mindlessly. And so, you know, it's, right. it's going to take nature to say, okay, no, we've had enough. You can't keep doing this. Kind of like when your kid is just running amok in the house and terrorizing everything a little bit, you forgive here and there, but when they start breaking down walls and furniture, is all, you know, windows shattered, you're going to have right. to pull the plug. So, yeah, I think that's yeah, what you have Nature's to. doing. Yeah.
0: And, and, and I've experienced that. So, you know, some years ago when I lived in an upstairs apartment, um, you know, my my nephews and some my nieces and my kids were playing in the room and, you know, I let them play and have their little way until um, somebody got put through the wall. Uh-oh. Right. And uh, when I say they got put through the wall, I mean, they went through the, the, the sheet rock, the plywood. I mean, they made it all the way back to the wood stuck. OK, you know, <laughs> that holds it up. And at, at, at that point. Uh, with some exploratives and some praise from the Lord, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't beat anybody too bad. No, I didn't beat anybody really. I just made sure that everybody was okay, and and, and then I commenced to um, exercising, and yeah, you know, giving that good discipline, yeah, that good discipline, you know, yeah. ten, eleven, twelve year olds need after they put a full body through your wall. You that's know, a, not just a little small dent. We're talking about, you know, a hole in the ozone layer type dent. Okay. You know, because I got nephews that are big. You yeah. know, I got, you know, five foot, you know, five foot five <laughs> nephews at 12 years old. So, oh, that's I mean, tall. these boys I'm came and, I'm not
1: even five five yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I got these these big nephews. And, of course, I have... I have, uh, um, you know, I like to call them robust. I got robust daughters, you mm-hmm. know, that are, that, uh, you know, take their muscular side from their father, mm-hmm. right? So they're a little bit stronger than they are, than, than, you know, typical woman would be. They just have more strength naturally. I don't mm-hmm. know if I fed them too much protein as a kid or what, but <laughs> they were the ones that pushed him through the wall. I was like, oh, okay. This wasn't even the boys they
1: put him in the wall. All oh, right. that's awesome. <laughs>
0: Right. All right. So what do I say (laughs) to this? You know, and then, then, then after that, you know, patched up the wall and the maintenance guy came out and said, what happened? I said, don't
1: ask. (laughs) Just, just, just fix me. Mind your business. Mind your business.
0: Mind your, mind, mind your business. Don't (laughs) don't even worry about that. We were hanging from the chandelier. Don't worry about that. Just
1: fix it. it. that's all. But,
0: uh, you, but back, back to your point about the bears, you know, that is, uh, that is so true because I live deep in the inner city of Dallas, and um, I mean we, we're we're I'm on the borderline of three cities. So if you're ever in the Texas, um, Dallas is called a metroplex, right? And in the metroplex, you know the cities are relatively close to each other. So I live where where I live is in a, in a neighborhood called Lake Highlands, <clears throat> and in Lake Highlands we have Richardson on one side of us, and we have Garland on another side. It's, it's basically you could take three lefts and be in three different cities in this part of the Metroplex. And when, 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 when I first moved over here, I didn't see a lot of wildlife out during the day. Um, you might, you see them really late at night, but not during the day. It's like now I'm coming home and I'm seeing, you know, rabbits. Um, I've seen a couple coyotes. I've seen, um, some animals that I couldn't name that I just knew it wasn't a dog or a cat. Right. And you know uh um, raccoons and everything, and I'm like we are in the deep inner city, you know we're not in the country part of Dallas, you know when you get it well, when that country in the right turn, the more forest parts of the metroplex when you get up into Plano and Frisco we're in a very busy area, you know, like gas stations and walk a distance 15 fast food joints in walking distance, 20 eating places you can, you know, go to four grocery stores. Like we're not in a rural type environment, but I often come home, you know, three o'clock during the day. I'll see a rabbit just run right past me. And I'm like, what are you doing out at three o'clock in the day and a hundred, hundred degrees. And you saying that, you saying that about the bears, I hadn't thought about it before. I just figured, you know, uh, I just had never seen them before. You know that was my thought process, right? I was like, I just never seen him. I just happened, I just happened to see him at this time running across this thing. But when you said that about the bears, I was like, yeah, because typically I don't see the rabbits during the day. It's usually closer when the heat is tapering off, or even late evenings. The possums, you know, the only thing I see during the day are the squirrels. And it it it, it goes back to that 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 point of, you know, it's whatever is happening in destroying the environment is causing the animals to instinctively seek other refuge or seek other forms of food, mm-hmm. right? I hear about people in campgrounds that bears will walk up to and they say for the most part, that bears are friendly. Um, You know, even the ones in the wild. I mean, I don't know. I've only been up close to a bear, like one time in the woods, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I wasn't, I still wasn't close enough to like, Reach out and touch him, but I was close enough to be like, Oh, all right, you're like seven feet tall, buddy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) right, but you know, but but you know, most of the people that because I got friends that camp often, and it was like, You know, most of the time, said the bears, you know, you you come and said, If you don't feed them, you know, they'll might rummage through your stuff, but they won't really bother you. They'll come sit, you know, away from you, you know, maybe about 10 15 feet and just kind of chill, you know, as long as you don't make no sudden movements or try to come at them. Yeah, don't be aggressive, you know, they're really docile if right. you will
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: but I've, I've never heard of them just you know in the middle of the day you know hopping out into the street these are people that are camping in the forest not coming out down the down the mountainside and being on the road
1: yeah now mind you this is this is still a very woodsy very lush area so it's not unusual to have bears uh but they come out at night and during certain seasons. So during that, that season and at night, you know when it, when they can, when they're one they're safe because there's less 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 movement. That's kind of their natural time to come out anyway. Um, but you know when you have when you have them coming out down the mountain at three o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight, not even a, not even overcast. I'm talking broad sun, big sun, and running down the one of the busiest city streets, you got to start asking questions at that point. Like, what caused that? And coyotes, who are also night animals. Middle of the day. Nocturnal
0: animals, They're, yeah.
1: Yes, in the middle of the yeah. day, running down major streets. Three, two, one sometimes. I just saw uh, one, two, three deer the other day. Now, deer, you can see at any time, day or night but it's rare that they come this far down but i just saw right. three just up the street from my house there's you know it's not a problem to see them but in terms of adaptation they're they're busy adapting to the changing environment now if is that what percentage of the changing environment is human driven uh i'd say oh i'd say almost I'd give it about 90%. I'll be honest. I'll give it about 90 because our runaway train of environmental changes ha- is longstanding. So what we might mistake for, oh, the just natural changes. Well, no, that was probably something you did 50, 70 years ago and it's still happening. Or this is how it's showing up. Or this is the change. You know, it, it starts way back and it just continues on and you, you start to see it's a runaway train, basically. So. You know, I, 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 oh, I want to say two weeks ago, I saw a, um, I saw a, a, what do you call it? A, uh, ladybug whose spots were on one side of the body, but also close to the head. You know how ladybugs have all spots all over themselves, all over the back, all over the their little ball. The back? Nope. This one had just randomly random spots just in, in clusters, almost like the spots, either merged or never separated all the way or something, and it was they were very close to the head of the ladybug and on one side, one side of the wings. That's unusual. I've been playing with ladybugs my entire life, and then I just stopped seeing them at some point. Now I, I'm starting to see like one, maybe two in six months, and now all of a sudden they're discolored. Their coloring is off or something. I pay attention to those right. kinds of things. I'm very close you to know, nature, uh, so I noticed those subtle changes.
0: My, my, mine would have been lightning bugs. Yeah. I remember, you know, uh, growing up in Kentucky, and I, and I just attributed it to maybe Texas just didn't do lightning bugs, right? But I, I grew up in Kentucky, and in the evening time, especially during the summertime, you would see a cacophony of lightning bugs in the backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had big trees, and my father had like a like half acre backyard, so there were big trees and everything back there, and we would see lightning bugs, and I never really paid attention to it until I got probably in my, I don't know, maybe in my mid thirties, and when my kids were really young, and I would go in the backyard, and I'm like, why well, do I don't only see like two or three lightning bugs? It, it was like yeah. a, um, what you call it? It it, it, was, it was like 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 a special moment. And I'm like, I remember because my kids would be like, "Oh my God, it's a lightning bug!" They see like one or two, and in my mind, I was like, "Man, I remember when I was a kid. Like, you you would walk through a field of them, and it was natural. You know, it yeah. was. They didn't bother you. You didn't bother them. You didn't flick them out of the sky. Nothing. They just lit the way in the backyard. Yeah. Right. and and and, and it gets me thinking about because I know most of the people are listening, like, hey, you know, uh, Andre, you know, your, chef of, your, your show is about health and wealth and the future of the people. I said, well, this is a sign of the health of the planet. Correct. Right? And so I want my listeners to understand that it may seem like this conversation is is, is just geared towards the animals. It's just pointing out subtle facts that we often look over and often justified for whatever reason, like for me with the lightning bugs, I justified it because maybe it was just something in my youth, or maybe it was Texas didn't really have lightning bugs, right? Which isn't true, because Mary tells me all the time about the stories of of, of lightning bugs when she grew up, right? So I'm like, okay, it's not a Texas, Kentucky, or any other state particular thing, I said it's gotta be something in the ecosystem that is causing this 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 loss. You know, my, as 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 a chef, you know, I research um, food systems often. And one one powerful food system, and so for my people that's listening to the health portion of it, is that I wanna say about six years ago, there was probably story after story after story about the decline of bees, honey, and pollen, right? And most people, what does bees have to do with the ecosystem and me? Well, bees pollinate, I think the number was about 63% of the world. And that blew my mind. I was like 63%. So basically what you're telling me is if the bees aren't making honey, transferring pollen to to places where there's more fertile ground or fertile grass or whatnot... We're not getting plants and dandelions and places for them to get honey, which doesn't help us because if things aren't being planted naturally in the natural system of life, then that depletes us of oxygen, that depletes us of resources, that kills the soil that needs some of those flowers and trees and things like that to flourish. Because you can put a seed in in, in dead soil, water it all you want, nothing's going to happen. And so... When we start thinking about our health and these little instances that we see, uh, like like Kiana said about bears and, and, and we seeing rabbits during the day that you wouldn't normally see, rabbits in the inner city on, on, on top of that, that you wouldn't normally see, you got to really start thinking and put together you know, a thought process to why is this happening? Like, what is the cause? Where did it derive from? And like Kiana said, probably about 90% of it is us because prior to the industrial age, right? Look, take you on a little, little history mm-hmm. lesson, the, the, the short version of it prior to the industrial age, everything was still done by hand. People still so clothes. There was no machines. People still cranked water from a well. They rode horses. They had wheels, but they were on carriages You know, still using kerosene lighters or or fire or worked only during the day. And when it got dark at night, you would had a candle in your room. There wasn't electricity and cars and and, and telephone wire systems and all these different things that have added up. And then you hit the industrial age where everything became mass produced. Everything was in massive production. When you get to the end of the 1800s and the beginning of the 1900s, at least here in the United States, everything became mass. And then you start having smoke, and then you start having emissions that are coming from these these places where they're taking coal, you know, to put in the furnaces to burn so that their machines would churn and turn faster to produce, you know, cars and to produce barrels for whiskey and all, all, all the different things that happen and that's literally only about 100, what is that, 120, 130 years ago, right? When we were tilling the fields with our hands, when, when, when children, instead of, you know, going off to, you know, college or going to do something else, they did whatever the family craft was. They stayed home. They planted crops. They ate, you know, from it. I was watching a great story on Netflix about this barbecue pit master by the name of Tootsie, right? Tootsie is 85. I got an opportunity to meet her last week. Um, she is a Texas barbecue icon, but she still does it very, very, very original to the form as if you had no electricity. She uses fire and wood and ash, and she builds it. Um, she still, you know, does her barbecue by touching it by hand. She doesn't use a thermometer. You know, things that they had way back then and um if you get a chance it's on netflix it's, uh it's chef's table barbecue uh, i would suggest that you go look at it because all four of those that were on there were were, uh, were great stories but anyway she talked about in 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 the documentary that she didn't know what a store was until she got married and was an adult she didn't know what going into town was to get milk eggs or, or or vegetables or trays. She said that her mom and them, they would take, you know, uh, um stuff in the field, they would make clothes. Mom sold her own clothes. We didn't go to the store and buy anything. Mm-hmm. And she was born right after the depression, I believe she said. She was born in like nineteen twenty one. she's eighty she's eighty five now. So maybe maybe a little bit before nineteen uh uh 18, 20, she's eighty five, right? But she talked about how it would, how things have changed so much with that boost after the Great Depression, that it was the air was cleaner, the water was fresher. You remember, you could drink well water, mm-hmm. right? Like it didn't have to be, you know, sent through a chemical plant and then take all the lead out of it and things of that nature. Now, you know, they might have been missing some some ways to keep, you know, cure things like scurvy and smallpox and things like that, but you know. In, in in all that advancement, here we are 100 years later, 120 years later from the 1900s and the boom of the industrial age, and now we're seeing climate change. In just 100 years. I mean, if you really put that in perspective, we haven't had electricity for 100 years. With what, 150 years? 120 years? Whenever he so-called put the... The key on the cotton got electrocuted, you know, uh, by accident, or or we'll say what Tesla created. But either way, it hasn't been that long. And we have probably deteriorated our planet more in the 120 years than we did in whatever years, how old it is prior to that. And if you are concerned and care about your health, to my listeners out there, Pay attention to these things. Go plant a tree. You won't see it grow 20, 30, 40 years from now. You won't see the 100 years that it is, but your great-grandchildren will benefit from the oxygen it produces. See, what we do now, it leaves a legacy for who comes behind us. right? We think oftentimes the stuff that we do now, we're doing for us in this moment. We're doing for us or providing for our family. No, if you really pay attention to what you're doing, you're doing it for the next generation to come. Like I talk about the Lord on high, all the stuff that he didn't do specifically for Adam and Eve in the beginning. He did it for the generations to come because he made everything first and made us last. He provided everything for us first and made us last. Right. And then provided us everything we needed to continue to sustain. You know, messed up in the garden, he gave us clothes. You know, it was the first, the first sacrifice in the Bible was a, was a lion. So that, so Adam and Eve could be clothed, right? And it's, it's one of those things that are, that are incredibly minute to most people. But if you look at it on a broad scale, it's been our fault. That a lot of the things that are happening with our climate, a lot of the things that are going on, it's been our fault, some of these tsunamis and tornadoes and hurricanes that are happening. It's not our God. God's allowing it because He wants us to see our mistake. God's allowing it because He wants to see our falling short from Him. You know, for my Bible people out there, when they talk about sin, you know, it, it, it's basically missing the mark, if you will, falling just a tad bit short of expectation right and because of that it has caused all this climate change which has caused you know you're in california kiana caused more smog in la you know we put so many people in new york and chicago that caused the the air to be polluted um i mean it, it, it's been so many things so when you think about your health in relationship to this this conversation those animals are instinctively making adjustments not because they have a mind like ours that's carnal and subconscious, that has thoughts, that has discernment, that has what they would say common sense, knowledge, awareness, to be able to make those different choices. They instinctively move from something negative to better area. Where are we going to do? I know they're trying to go to Mars try to go to all these other planets. And I'm not saying they're not inhabitable. But why would we do that if we just take care of our own stuff? Insert an explorative right there. Stuff is not what I want to say.
1: And you know to that Just po- think about that. Yeah. Go ahead, Kate. And to that point, um I, I'd also like to point out the not only do we sort of disrupt our environment with industry, but also those of us who maintain industry are also a part of that that continued disruption. You know, the way that we, we, we drive cars, of course, and we run over animals. And, you know, we end life constantly. And I know this is sort of really, you know, I know this kind of talk doesn't sit well with a lot of people because it, you know, who wants to actually pay any attention to that kind of thing but you know I'll see a bunch of squirrels on the street laid out, smushed and it, possums and skunks and people's dogs and cats you know, I even saw a pile of deer on a freeway um, in Chicago and you know, there's just we just, we, we are operating outside of natural law because natural law does not have genocide woven into it and to call it genocide is a heavy word and you know somebody's going to say oh my god that's 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 what what are you talking about well i'm talking about our rampant (sighs) lack of concern for anything else living around us and our, our belittlement of anything else that lives around us which allows us To continue to even do these sorts of things and then continue on in them, it's going to take a real mental shift and to understand that we share this planet. It, I personally don't feel like it belongs to us solely. I don't think that. That's not my feeling. Um, Whether I'm right or wrong, okay. We weren't even here first. We weren't exactly, (laughs) exactly.
0: The creepy crawly things were here before us. I'm sorry.
1: no, oh, no, 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 please continue. Yeah, but but also on top of that, we're also the minority in terms of numbers. We have about oh, seven and a half, seven to seven and a half billion people. We lost a big number recently, but roughly seven billion people. i bet you right now is 12 billion ants in just one corner of my backyard.
0: <laughs>
1: so, I mean, uh, let's talk about, you know, let, let, our, 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 let's, let's get rid of our... our you know, our, our complexes and maybe just kind of understand that we live on a planet that doesn't, we don't need to be running from it. We don't need to be running from the sun, running from, we, we, you know, people say the sun's dangerous. Okay. I, all right. I'm i I'm gonna let people who need, who believe that that's, if it affects you that way, that's your business. It doesn't affect me that way. And there, for whatever reason, I'm not even going to go into that, but I love the sun. I've never been harmed by the sun and I've been sitting on the sun my whole life. Never been harmed by it. Not once. I've never been harmed by most things that I've encountered in nature. If I were to swim next to a shark, I don't know if that same statement could, you know, could, would remain true. So I, I, I know to respect nature. I know my boundaries and everything else 2 I'm going to just say this. I'm not a fan of gardening with like, you know, machinery. You can hear it in my background. I hear it in my background. I'm not a fan of that um, much in the same way. I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I just, I feel like we need to have more respect for that. I don't like cutting down trees and stuff. I know. I That's know. Me. I know okay. it's totally outside of the convention. I get it,
0: but no, I don't like but I it. Get,
1: but, but
0: I, but I get why, because the, 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 it's the appreciation for the circle of life and all things besides just humankind. Yes. So I
1: because, people growth is not a bad a thing.
0: Yeah. People take for granted that a tree is alive, but the grass is alive. Right. Correct. All we think about it is that it grows. Right. And, or like a, like a tomato or a lemon, or even in, in, in your garden, you go pick your fruit and things like that. Mm-hmm. That plants alive. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it grows, it breathes. And, and again, guy with this comedy, just to remind us how much they're alive and breathe, he creates things like the Venus flytrap. Who would have thought that there would be a plant that ate meat?
1: Oh yeah, just, and there just are several. Perspective. You should a, see some of the ones. Yeah, a plant oh.
0: that a plant that eats protein. Like I mean, like it's funny when you watch the Little Shop of Horrors and you you know you 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 see that big old plant feed me, see more, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and you look at it as 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 comedy, but it's a real plant that really lives in the wild that flesh. eats flies, that mm-hmm. eats flesh. It's a plant. Now, when people think of plants, we don't think of plants as being uh, uh, carnivores, right? You think of plants being, if you will, they really just take water, nutrients from the dirt, and, yeah. you know, that's pretty much it. But God, in his comedy, like I said, reminds us often, that we don't know nothing about what's going on, and we need to be more mindful of what's going on around us because there's plants out here that's eating meat. Oh, yeah. Plants that are eating meat. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to bring that up to my vegetarian group that I talked to. I'm not a vegetarian, but I got a vegetarian group I talked to We're working on some health issues and things like that. I was like, you know what? You guys are so pro-vegetarian, you know, vegetarian and let, you know, let, let's not eat meat. I said, plants eat meat. I'm bringing it up next time to see how many how many bad looks I get but now
1: here's the other thing to that please. point, there are certain plants in the global south that can consume a human body that will eat a person. it will eat something as large as a person or deer or Cow. So you're
0: horse. telling me
1: Little Shop of Horrors is a real plant? That is legit, yes. But it looks it looks different from the one in Little Shop of Horrors. That one kind of looks like it's, they're taking... Yeah, It was a
0: giant... Yeah, that was a Venus flytrap. Yeah,
1: it was a giant Venus flytrap. I'm talking about other ones that are shaped like saxophones that are as big as... Uh, like, they're huge. They are enormous. And it, that's just the flower. That is just the flower that if you... If you walk in swoop you and dip you right into the horn of what looks like it looks like a saxophone horn and you will be consumed by the digestive enzymes inside of the horn. It will well, close. Uh, it will close. You know you. you learn something new every day. This planet is vast, when I tell you. Yes. Yes. Uh, it is no so joke. Are you
0: talking about cuz you know I had to look at it up. They call it the corpse
1: Flower. No, no, the corpse and flower, more. that one's just called a corpse flower because as it, when it flowers, it gives off what people describe as the smell of a dead, decaying body. So it, okay. it's called a corpse flower. Be- There's another one. Um, I don't remember the name of it. Um, but it's basically, it's a, it's, it's a man. The, the horn, the, the place, the one that I saw, and it comes in variations, but the one that I saw for the most part most of the different shapes kind of look like like a saxophone, but a large saxophone. If you were to get into the horn of a, a an, an enormous saxophone, you could fit right in there and you know be be dissolved basically um in that in that cavity. So, yeah. It's a bit of a doozy. It's it's yeah, it's nothing to play with. You don't play with nature. I mean, when you if you understand it, you don't fool with it. But, you know, we've mowed down quite an, a, a large percentage of it, you know, to try to replace it with, you know, the way that we want to live. It's almost like we're allergic to it. You know, it's weird. I really wonder about that sometimes. But, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, humanity has a lot of course correcting to do. We've somehow gotten off track, even amongst ourselves. And, um, you know, just uh, taking a spin a little bit off of the uh nature topic but kind of making the same correlation to the way that we exist amongst each other we kind of do the same things with ourselves that we do with nature we relegate this organism that or this person this group of people to the corners of the world or you know we get we're racist sexist you know heightist ageist any other kind of ist we can find a way to be <laughs> feminist, feminist biased <laughs> uh, if i am asked... male chauvinist. <laughs> right so um to something that you were mentioning uh prior to this episode was critical race theory and you know uh, i i i wanted to just kind of Get your take on what that could be. I know we're we're within, you know, 14 minutes of the hour to the top of the hour, but I wanted to touch on that a little bit in concert with what we're talking about, the way that we exist within nature, because we are also, even though we're part of uh, the same organism or similar organism, we're also similar to the trees and the plants and the way that we exist with other elements of nature and other organisms. Unfortunately, we're we're existing in much the same way amongst ourselves, too. So we don't discriminate in that way, <laughs> but we will discriminate in all kind of other ways. So I wanted to, hmm. you know, just have you touch on that a little bit. You, you asked me about critical race theory and what it meant. I kind of personally feel like it's, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like it's part of a marketing package to give people something to talk about and – find a way to carve yet another gap between, you know, in society. So some things, critical race theory is a—it's not even a fully fleshed out theory that actually means anything. It's not, it's just something that's made up, it feels like to me. And of course, you know, most things are made up, but this. And
0: they make it all up, so it doesn't matter. But it, yeah. yeah so you just said what I was thinking. Yeah, they didn't make it up anyway, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, it just feels like it's something else to throw out there. You know, Cambridge Analytica came up with some more nonsense to throw out there and start a fight because rep- reparations is coming up. And, you know, it, it was in conversation. It's been in conversation for years. So we got to find something to, you know, disturb the water so that reparations doesn't make much headway. I don't know, maybe. But it feels like it's another, you know, it's page two of the marketing plan to cause more division you know, in, in, in the world. So, or at least in the United States, but what do you think about it?
0: So for my listeners, I'm going to give you the defined version of critical race theory before I give you my thoughts on it. So they say, and you can insert whoever you want as that. Okay. Cause nobody's taking ownership. Of who actually came up with this? There's right. been some places out there like Lassen and Billings, and you know some other places, but there was nobody that really said it. Me personally, I think it was some politicians behind closed doors, like Kiana said. You know, did it for publicity stunt, much like, much like, uh, 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 you know, pacifying us. If y'all remember that episode, pacifying us with giving us a holiday called, you know, Juneteenth, when the only people affected was the state of Texas, but now mm-hmm. the whole country celebrates it. But we don't celebrate Abraham Lincoln signing the Emancipation Proclamation that freed the other 49 states. That freed all 50 states. Well, 48 at the time. Freed all 48 states. But we get a holiday for, you telling us, two years afterwards, the state of Texas that were no longer slaves. I'm going to say that again. State of Texas. I'm not knocking Jim I just never could understand it. And now they made it a national holiday. But anyway, I've never celebrated. That's what I was lives, saying about but, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I don't knock people to celebrate it because all the holidays are made up. You know, Christ was born on Christmas. Thanksgiving was really, a you know, um, uh, a war between the Native Americans and the mm-hmm. white man. Columbus did not discover America. You know, we we already have our dead presidents on on dollar bills and twenties. Why do we have to celebrate them? You know, it's it's why we have to celebrate President's Day as a holiday. We we circulate their faces every freaking day, right? So, but my show, my personal thoughts. Okay, if I stepped on anybody's uh stepped on anybody's feelings or or, or coattails, or you feel offended, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person next to you. Okay, so. Critical race theory. It is defined as a cross-disciplinary intellectual. Now I want y'all to listen to the words they use to describe these movies. I'm sorry to describe critical race theory. (laughs) Cross- I don't even want to repeat it now. (laughs) Disciplinary intellectual and social movement of civil rights. So I'm going to stop right there before I read the other rest of that sentence. So critical race theory is a the social movement of civil rights. It's an in, in, intellectual, cross-disciplinary. Now, I want you, my, 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 my listeners out there, I want you to take some time, go look this up, write this down, and dissect each one of those words. Cross-disciplinary. When I think of discipline, discipline usually happens in one or two ways. Either it's through being reprimanded, or you're being consistent depending on what we're talking about, right? You can be disciplined in brushing your teeth every morning. You can be disciplined in your, in your workout. You can be disciplined like I was as a child being paddled for having a potty mouth, right? That's a different kind of discipline. In this context, cross disciplinary intellectual and social movement of civil rights. That's the first half. That's a whole show by itself. Right. Just the anomaly of the thought process. There is disciplinary intellectuals in a social movement of civil rights, which we shouldn't it, it, it shouldn't be a movement. It should already be a mainstay. It shouldn't be a movement or or, or um, a, a riot or a protest or a march. It should already be there. If anything, it would should be. Across disciplinary, intellectual, and social standing, not movement, right? But that's a whole nother show. The rest of it reads, movement of civil rights scholars and activists who seek to examine the intersection of race, society, and law in the United States to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. That to me, that's a little bit more than a theory. Because if, and, and and Kiana helped me, you know, um, if, if if I'm wrong in this, a theory is something not proven. Correct. A theory is like the scientific method, where you put the Pythagorean theorem together, you do the the the, the hypothesis, and then you do all the analysis and then at the end of the project you have a conclusion that sums up everything you did in the project right
1: but it's not fact
0: it is not fact so a theory is a thought of what may happen or may become or could potentially become something but this clearly says to challenge mainstream american liberal approaches to racial justice. Is it challenging in the scientific sense where you're trying to disprove because it's already been proven that there is a a a race issue that shouldn't be. There it's already a issue that we talk about the races intersecting when last I checked, and it could just be me being a black man that grew up in the hood, because I have more manella in my skin, you and I have the same makeup with a few modifications that may benefit us more for the climate we grew up in. But we all have a heart, liver, pancreas, you know, feet, arms, so some people aren't born with those. I'm talking about, you know, the majority that 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 are born with their ten fingers and ten toes and of any anomalies. But for the most part, we have all the same inner workings. We all bleed the same color. It's not like that you cut a white person open and they you know, green goo comes out, you know, or cut a black person open and, and, and brown goo eases out. It's the same thing. So why would we create or why would anybody even come up with the thought to have critical race theory when we already know it to be a fact canada what's your thoughts before we get into these last five minutes
1: anytime you start to
0: continue this next
1: week anytime you start to try to redefine that which is already proven that means what you're trying to do is circumnavigate or or go around living history who are wh- where do you find living history in the people who live the damn history, in you and I, in our families, yes. our parents, our grandparents, our cousins, uncles, daughters, sons, everybody that has lived, anytime you take this and you try to you try to create a pseudoscience around it and you try to whittle it down to some some bizarre intellectual, pseudo-intellectual molecular garbage, what you're trying to do is get as far away from the actual real thing as possible, and confuse people along the way. With all of these interdisciplinary interdisciplinary You don't need a whole discipline in order to study something that we've been telling you about. We've been telling you people about yourselves, basically, and you don't want to hear it. So somebody comes along and they create something that tries to launch it into an unreachable territory by the masses, but also creates a narrative that disturbs the, the waters of truth that could possibly be out there. So you have critical race theory and people are all up in arms about it about what critical race theory could mean and on top of that we already know that throughout our histories we now have different perspectives of the very of of the same types of things you unfortunately you but you do we didn't do it but we do have the white idea about certain things and we have the black idea about certain things and then sometimes you have some crossover in that too but because of our histories we have the, the the black experience in corporate America, for example. We have the white experience in corporate America, for example. It's still corporate America, but you have two different experiences. So you're going to have two different perspectives. So that goes for most things in life in these United States. So when you have something like critical race theory, black people are like, I'm sorry, what now? Critical race who? Okay, so really what you're trying to do is wordplay people into confusion and protesting about something and protesting about the subsequent false ideology that is also that's basically second to your false theory it is it's not a I real thing
0: mass confusion
1: mass confusion all it's going to do is send people into into their own their own vortex of judgment and and discrimination and it's just going to send them into their own vortexes And that is, but we know what direction that vortex is going to take on mass. And so I think it's really, I think it's really interesting that it's sort of uh, coming along with the conversation around reparations. I think that's a very interesting thing, even though the two are not talked about at the same time but they don't need to be talked about at the same time if anybody were conscious enough to pay close attention to how things work in this country you know that there's some some plans and we also know that there are organizations that create the marketing that those of, the, that those of us on the ground not aware of how we're being manipulated will respond to so if you don't know if you can't smell a rat you'll be chasing that rat all around the house not ever realizing that it's a cyborg <laughs> so
0: this is so true.
1: I'm just saying, so
0: Kiana Man, we are at the top of the hour, minutes to the top of the hour. Thank you so much for joining me today and giving you a perspective.
1: Been fun on
0: bears and animals. Yeah, and this humidity and weather, and we were able to close it out with critical race theory. So tune in next Monday to Menu Mondays with Chef Dre Glass, 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. on the West Coast, 4 p.m. on the East Coast. And will we be continuing this conversation about critical race theory and more things about your health? So, this has been Chef Coach Dre Glass with the Recipe Menu Monday. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for being a listener, and I look forward to seeing you next week.
1: Aha